0: boost conversion at an average order value. With free bold apps for 14 days, there's no excuse not to try and boost your sales this year. To get this special offer, go to boldcommerce.com slash kurt. That's boldcommerce.com slash k-u-r-t. Oh man, we have a value-packed episode of the unofficial Shopify podcast today. We are going to talk to an expert about SEO. We're going to get a supply chain update. And we're going to talk about what do you do when your products run out of stock? You want to talk about a real conversion killer? Try not having anything to sell. That will definitely wreck up your conversion rate. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Tech Nasty, and I am joined today by Rian Butler from Gavalo, from Ventov, from Shopify Partners Fame. Rian, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Tech Nasty. That was hilarious. I forgot that that was part of this. That's too good, Tech
0: Nasty. <laughs> it's
1: so ridiculous. I love it, it. It is,
0: and it's sampled from like a whole, <laughs> uh, a whole freestyle rap he did. I. Let's let's start with SEO. SEO is something I don't think we've we've talked about on the show in a while. Yeah, certainly important. Why should I listen to you about SEO? You have quite you have quite the pedigree. But d- tell me.
1: Well, I've been researching and speaking about SEO for just about a decade now. So I have been through the animal algorithms. Now we're into AI-driven algorithms. I I know too much. I'm going to say the word algorithm just one hope not for the last time this episode, but for the last time in this sentence. And I have spoken all over the world with Shopify on this topic, and I've done a ton of masterclasses and all sorts. So I know yeah, a, certainly I know a uh, lot.
0: If, <laughs> if you Google Rianne's name, you will discover. You know what? I didn't even put in your last name. I googled Rianne SEO, and immediately just a whole bunch of results, and it was all about it was you teaching SEO. So. Certainly, you are search engine optimized here, but with with, with Facebook uh, Facebook ads not performing yes. as they used to. That's a quite a, a euphemistic way to say people panicked when they watched the Roas get cut in half mm-hmm. uh, last summer. The thing we want is looking at other sources of traffic. Yes, and so when we talk about SEO, I gotta get search engine optimized. We're really saying. How do I get founded search engines? Yeah. So what's the approach here? That's that's a great question.
1: And to your point, this is a time right now, everyone's like, oh my God, how are we solving for zero party, first party data? You know, a really great option, SEO. SEO is going to be the play here and will continue to be the play in the future because it's future proofed as long as you don't game the system. So that's just, I'll call that out. If you get an email that's like, hey, for $500, you can have 5,000 backlinks. Do not pass go. Do not pay $500. That is the best way to get delisted from Google I have ever heard of. I mean, that's really the best way. There's other ways to get delisted. Uh, but if that has happened to you and you're sitting at home right now and you're like, oh, that's me, what you need to do is to go to Moz.com and you can M-O-Z. run. Moz. Yeah, Moz.moz.com and you can run a backlink checker. I believe that part is free to see how many backlinks you have. And this is just a good exercise in general. And if you notice a bunch of junky ones, you can then go and disavow those to Google. So I'm just gonna flag that as a, don't take the easy path. This is a hard thing. This is a marathon, not a sprint. I've never done a marathon because in the original one, the guy died at the end but you know in this <laughs> in this you can't you can't there's no, there's not an easy way to do this and that you just have to sit with that and you just have to be okay with it so i i'm predicating everything i'm about to say with that so
0: we we have to accept number 1 there's no shortcuts here Correct. and these shortcuts when google inevitably figures it out results in penalty
1: huge penalties. And, and it's like the type of penalty where you're like, you don't show up in search engines anymore penalty.
0: We had a period of time where we had uh, our search engine ranking dropped. And uh, it turned out that someone had uh, engaged in a negative SEO campaign against us, in which uh, I had thousands of backlinks all pointed to our agency site that uh, in the anchor text said we were your premier Premier source for erectile dysfunction drugs. (laughs) That's not
1: funny, but it is.
0: No, it's kind of funny. It's funny now.
1: That's one of those, at the time, you are heated. And now you're like, that was hilarious. So I think that the number one thing to know when it comes to search right now is focus on your content. And the amount of people who just do not care about their content is high. So... You have to ensure that there is copy, right? You've got anchor text on your website or your store rather. You have good product descriptions that make sense, that are relevant. And and they yes, they are keyword driven, right? The algorithm has to cap to capture onto something. But I have found if you were writing truly good content, especially blog content, the keywords just kind of put themselves in. Because you're talking, you're not like, hey, look at this black t-shirt. This black t-shirt is organic. You can wear this black t-shirt in Los Angeles. Wait, don't do that. Don't do that.
0: Black t-shirt, comma, shirt for men, comma. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like That stuff. No, stop. It's, okay, it is a black t-shirt. Talk about that bit for like a second. Talk about how you're going to style it. Talk about... There's a million things to talk about, talk about if it's sustainable. There there's a lot you can put on a product description page that sells. And that's the thing that people get lost in when they're trying to stuff keywords in there. It's like the ultimate part, like the ultimate goal of a product description page is to sell the product. Sell the product. If you're talking about your product, the keywords come out.
0: And if it's your product and you're proud of it, this should be easier than one would think. I think oftentimes the resistance to creating this kind of content, to copywriting, it's its homework. Oh, my gosh, I have to sit down and write 500 words? Mm-hmm. But if you sit down and, like, it's your thing and you understand it and you're excited about it and you could sell it in your own words, oftentimes by, like, uh, I, th- I find dictation can work well to create your first draft, speak about it naturally. It's funny, like, someone will say, oh, I-, I can't describe it in email. I have to talk to you on the phone and tell you about it. The only difference there is that you're typing versus talking. Yeah. Like as soon as you talk about it, suddenly life gets much easier. So I think dictation is an easy hack there. I think 100% you're right. Huge missed opportunity in most stores. is They have these really uh, anemic product descriptions. (laughs) They're short. It's just like a few bullet points. It's like 100% cotton. Fits. Oh, thank you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sell me.
0: Why? Why should I buy
1: it? Exactly. I'm here sell me, and I think this is just a giant disconnect in general, is look, we're still retail-led societally, right? Like, yes, you and I were in ecom. We've been here for a really long time because we're old, and, and
0: I'll be 29 forever.
1: Oh, yeah, sorry. Kurt's 29.
0: <laughs> yes, as I admire my gray hair. So, I wish you had laughed so hard at that.
1: had <laughs> the twenty nine. No, uh, because that would mean I met you when you were nineteen or so.
0: Mm-hmm, that and makes sense. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. That's what happened. I remember. I was, I was, I too was nineteen. Uh, but there, there, we're still not in an e-commerce led world. We don't have fifty percent market penetration yet. We will get there. Don't get me wrong. But people still come to your store with a IRL expectation of how things would work, and so that includes. I'm like going off on a tangent you're like here's a soapbox continue let me stand on it this includes when you time your pop-ups right like imagine going into Nordstrom and you're blocked at the perfume zone because someone's like you got to give me you got to give me your your email yeah what (laughs) no you'd be like can you leave right you'd be trying to find an exit and guess where the exit is out the out the way you came in so there's like a time for that. And then that's the same when it comes to shopping. It's like, and I can talk forever about gifts. So I've got all these theories about this as well. But there's like, no one ever asks, are you shopping for yourself or for somebody else?
0: Oh, okay. Why? We want to know intent.
1: What is your intent? If I was to go right now and I'll use Nordstrom or evade it, they they will say, what brings you in today?
0: I love that line
1: why don't we do that? And then why don't we optimize our entire store for that exact question? Because what brings you in today? Oh, I'm looking for apparel. I'm looking for, and no one says apparel, right? I'm looking for a black tee, I'm looking for an outfit. Cause I'm, I'm a nightmare to go shopping with. I'm like, okay, well, what kind of outfit? And you're like, mm, probably something that's not too expensive, right? So then at this point they're filtering you and like how we have filters or they're tagging you in their head. And then when they go over to pick up the black T-shirt, they're gonna try to sell you for like $120. They're like, let me tell you why this is the black T-shirt. And then they sell it to you. Sell me the black T-shirt on your product description page.
0: I wanna be sold too. I think that like part of (laughs) pricing psychology is no one wants to part with the money, but also they want the stuff. So you need to help me have an excuse to part, to trade the cash for the goods. Yes. I don't think that's unreasonable. We all know what's going on here. If you're not going to put in the effort to sell it, I'm not going to put in the effort to pay you for it. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And if we focus on that, because SEO is really holistic. Anyone who's heard me speak before has probably heard me refer to it as a multidimensional Rubik's Cube. It's like the the big Rubik's Cubes that... I definitely You're can. playing
0: 4D chess? Yeah,
1: you're playing 4D chess. This is not just a one and done moment, right? You've got your meta descriptions, your title tags, your alt tags. You've got all that stuff. You've got your kind of technical, not really technical, on-page SEO stuff. Then you've got your content. Then you've got your technical stuff. And then, of course, you have to worry about driving traffic, maybe not 100% organically. And in order to do that, you have to have text that Google can latch on to as being relevant so google uses uh natural language processing They've, they're they rolling this out they have a bunch of new i'm gonna say like there's something called bert and mun and they're all they're all like neural matching He's making stuff up ai now. type things but the thing that i've got i've been most interested in and it's only rolled out to i believe seven percent of the web so far but google will do this they'll be like yeah it's a seven percent no it is not that is a lie That it's much deeper than that. And so natural language processing is something they're really leaning into. And what this means for you is blog-driven content, good PDPs, will be crawled and read and served in search engines. So they're
0: saying we have built a system to identify quality writing? Yes. About relevant topics. Relevant quality writing. Yes.
1: Okay. So they they match ideas to concepts. So for instance, if you were to type in, how do I make my video into a GIF versus, I don't know, something else, but that says the same thing, it'll still direct you to that same place because it understands the intent of your question.
0: So- Ultimately, that is, Google's, sole goal is provide the best answer to someone's question yes that's their job and so we want to give it as many tools as possible to do that and then it's going to figure out it's what is the best and reward you accordingly and so if you don't put in the effort to create the quality content and put it in a site. I think at this point, if you have like a modern Shopify theme and Shopify store, Google under Google is sophisticated enough to understand Shopify. Shopify is smart enough to send the right signals to Google. Like I think, out of the box, technical wise, you're you're you start in a decent position, but without that content, so mm-hmm. you know a 200 word de, uh, product detail description, or it, uh, article, longer articles, blog posts that are like guy, buyer's guides, essentially, mm-hmm. or related educational content, you're really doing yourself a disservice here.
1: Abs- absolutely. Another just call out I'm going to make is there is a, a pretty big app right now, not in the app store, just in general, web app, that uses GPT-3 technology, which is AI, to write
0: co- copy. It is not better than Google produces like a but it look when i've played with that the results are impressive superficially at first glance like it makes a coherent sentence yes but as soon as you read a few of them it's very obvious that it what it did was a google search for the topic and then pieced stuff together and was grammatically good at it
1: yes i was asked in my last master class in la uh, if I'll just, I mean, I'll just say that the app, it's doing fantastic. Like congratulations to the builder of the app is copy.ai. And I was asked point blank, like, well, can I use it? Because there's a tool in it for, so, you know, of course, and I go in and I'm like, well, let me see, write for me, AI. It's not very good to your point. And the other thing is that they were, so people are using this for meta descriptions and title tags and product descriptions. I can, I can tell when someone has used it. If I can tell and I am not a genius robot, Google can definitely tell. And this might work in the short term, but it will not. That's why Google is rolling out the natural language processor, because it's smart. It's smarter than GPT-3.
0: So the NLP, natural language processing, you really think this is an answer to where they want to get ahead of and weed out AI written yes. content?
1: 100 million percent the rollout like gpt3 what came out in summer 2020 and so. na- natural language processing got rolled by google i believe at the end of last year don't quote me on that exactly it feels like a response a very well done response and google always does this right they test a segment and then they, then they just start rolling it and it'll roll wide but the the good thing for i also would posit that this is the ultimate equalizer now. Is this, you can't game this. And this takes hard work, but this is what this is how you're going to be able to go and play in the big playground with the big brands because they're going to have to do this too. It also means you can outrank people, especially as this rolls out. So there is also a benefit, right? The longer you have been writing content, not, you don't necessarily get better at it, but like the the more Google trusts you, right? They use eat, expertise, authoritativeness. I can never say that word, and trustworthiness. That is from them. I did not make that up. That is from them. And whenever Google says to do something, let me tell you, you should listen because they only tell you like five things a year out of the 300, 400, 5,000 changes that they, made. they They only tell you a little bit, grasp onto it. So yeah, I mean that's that's where we're at. There. I'm I obviously get very excited about this topic, but yeah, stay away from GPT-3 tools and tooling. It is not smarter than Google. It is a short-term solution to a long-term problem. But start writing copy now knowing where Google is moving because the longer you have been around makes you more trustworthy.
0: Accidents happen. Maybe you installed an app and it messed up your theme, or a store collaborator deleted product images by mistake. Common myth. Shopify is a backup that you can use when something goes wrong with your store. Untrue! They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind to equip your Shopify store with automated backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your own magic undo button, trusted by over 100,000 businesses, from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like NYX and Movement Watches. It's even a Shopify Plus certified app. of all, visit rewind.com slash Kurt Elster and get a 30-day free trial. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind backups. Find it in the Shopify app store or visit rewind.com. The, it's certainly, I I have watched with my own eyes this approach absolutely work for my wife's website that exclusively generates traffic through organic search. Mm -hmm. And it is because she just writes topical practical articles interlinks them through her in her site so that you have internal linking mm-hmm. and then lo and behold this stuff pops up in google and because that's been happening she now she's getting links just naturally from other news sources yep. using it as a reference more backlinks more traffic now years into this twenty thousand visits a month generated organically not paying for it and that's high intent qualified traffic too That system works. It it does work. And as far as keyword research goes, I think that's where people get tripped up is they they try and make it too technical. Yes. For her, the keyword research has been, hey, what's topical? What are people asking me? Listen to your audience. And when you do Google a topic, Google gives you, hey, here's related searches. Here's (laughs) uh, uh, popular suggestions. They are handing you what you, (laughs) what they're trying to get answered. And so those are her writing prompts i think that's brilliant it's absolutely worked it absolutely works that's i
1: always tell people if you're trying to figure out what keywords to target ask google the question that you want answered so what is the question you want answered so it's like for i'm i'm gonna go to to walt disney world soon and it's like i've never been there before right so i'm Right, and, and Julie's stuff, M- Ms. Elster's stuff is ranking, and it's, which is cool. I'm like, "Hey, I, I know this person. But you know, I'm like, what do I do to do X at Disney World? Because I don't know, but think about that. like, uh, let's use the black T-shirt. Go back to it, right? Um, what is the softest black T-shirt I can get? Or I probably wouldn't even say black T-shirt. What is the softest T-shirt I can buy? I want a soft t-shirt. And then Google will give you the answers. Then those are your competitors. Look at what they've done. They probably are doing a good job.
0: It sounds to me like I think people want to, in the search for an easy answer, want to overthink it. Yes. Just trying to find that easy way out. And the reality is the strategy just is not that difficult. And there's just some sweat equity here on you have to be able to write the stuff. But even that, like, you could jabber all day on the phone, jabber to your phone using dictation.
1: It, exactly. You, I like otter.ai a lot. It's not, Otter. It's not flawless, but it works. I, I take notes into it when I'm just processing something out loud. And I find it really helpful. And the other thing, too, that I want to – point out is I have a theory that can be proven that there is a keyword count that goes into Google's output. So on your SERP, which is search engine result page. However, it's not one-to-one. So you don't necessarily need to worry about putting your keyword in your title and your description and your alt text and your product text. Like this is too much, too much, too much, too much, too much. You should view your title tag as like a headline and your meta description as the way to sell your headline. You were selling the click.
0: I have heard that the meta description does not have an impact on the search ranking, but it does have it on click through rate because humans read that.
1: So I for a very long time, I have thought that it has not besides the click through rate thing uh, being picked up by Google. However, recently I'm starting to think that it is be, it's being—it's at least being crawled. So how many points, right? So Google uses over 200 ranking signals. It might be a really small ranking signal. I am under the impression that they're using it again, but I don't know how weighty it is. Like really the stuff on your product description, uh, your PDP it is, is the most important part.
0: Now, if either way... It still needs to be human readable. Yes. How? And if it gets too long, they truncate it. Yes. And sometimes they just truncate it on their own for funsies. Oh, yeah. Like, and sometimes they'll make like, it Here, up. It just looks better.
1: If, if you don't so, give them something, they'll just put something
0: in. Yeah. So, what's the, give me the, the crash course on optimizing my, my meta description. You said the title tag is a headline. Yes. The meta description sells the headline, it serves that headline. Yes. All right. Give me the, your your thoughts on that.
1: So I also have another theory here, and it's that meta descriptions are continually I'm seeing over and over and over truncation at 130 characters, which is not the published amount. So I I have been advising people to use the 130 character mark as just 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 sell just sell the product, like just make make me want to click it. Don't overthink this. I probably don't care. This is 100% cotton. Not there. That's what you get into that part. This is, you go in with the express intent of selling the click and the product, but cap it at 130 characters because it, it, it probably will get truncated.
0: So you'd be like, the best, <laughs> the best black t-shirt you have ever seen. Shop now. Yeah, or like. If you
1: thought, I don't know. I'm just making something up. Like, if you thought Silk was amazing, wait until you try this out. Oh,
0: that one's really good. You got to, like,
1: hook them. This is, like, this is really marketing, creative marketing copy. It's really what a meta description is.
0: I thought I'd never find a shirt that wouldn't chafe. And then I found riannstease.com.
1: Exactly. It's like you can. Stick you, a
0: testimonial in there.
1: Yeah. Like you could do all co- kinds of cool stuff. And like people just don't do it. And I'm like, why? That's just me in general though. Why is this happening? The other thing <laughs> I just, I just want to call out to, And I have seen, I've taught so many classes. Y'all submit your sitemap. For, first, make a Google search console account. Submit your sitemap and then look at your core web vitals. Just do it. Please. Also, what are my
0: core web vitals?
1: Your core web vitals are a lot of technical words all jammed together, which basically talks about load time and speed and everything. But it's contextual. So it'll tell you the best part about Google Search Console. It will tell you if you're making a mistake. Like people are like, how do I figure this out? I'm like, Google will tell you if you use their tools.
0: It will literally be like this is out of range. It's so step one, all right. So I make my Google search account, and then I submit my sitemap. My sitemap is a machine-readable listing of here's all all the pages on my Shopify store. Yes. Shopify does a really good job on its own of making a sitemap. Fantastic. You could find anyone sitemap. It's just you add sitemap.xml <laughs> to the end of their domain name. So you know it, it's um what the heck is the oh the shop Shopify supply? Yeah. What's the URL for that one? Oh,
1: God. Is it Shopify.supply?
0: Shopify.supply. All right. So I'm going to go to Shopify.supply. I don't know if that's true. Is that true? It is. Oh, okay. (laughs) And if I just stick sitemap.xml on the end of it, boom, it spits out, here's a listing of all the products. Yeah, it totally works. Yeah. So. uh,
1: And it's dynamic. So you only have to submit your sitemap once. So in the olden days of the internet, this was not a thing.
0: The olden days. Back (laughs) in my day back in my day in
1: 1997 it was not auto it was not dynamically changed now it is uh also please i know google analytics is having a moment it's changing to the new one i get it (laughs) i too don't like the new one but you know what google's providing us these free tools so we should use them make sure you link your analytics account to your google search console account they link if you did not know that everybody now you do there is a way to link them please link them Use the free tools Google gives you:
0: Search Console, Google Analytics, yes. Google Optimize. Another Google wonderful Optimize. free tool. Optimize,
1: yes, absolutely.
0: So we we've got the the quick crash course on on SEO from you, and it sounds like <laughs> the answer you, you is don't yeah <laughs> don't cheat at it. Use the free tools given to you by Google and, and follow their guidance. Your the Shopify platform themes et cetera out of the box are. are Probably pretty good technical wise, but it's still yes. up to you to provide legitimate content to it, and that really is we're looking for that that natural language and sell me, whether that's you know educational or uh, conversion focused copywriting.
1: Yes. Oh, another thing to just call out is make sure you have JSON LD in your theme somewhere there's apps that do it seo manager does it there's other apps that do it make sure it's done make sure it's there
0: and this is a system that describes the content of a page to google in a way where the machine cannot get confused yes and like, there's test tools for it, but it's cool. It'll be like, this is a product. This is the brand. This is the price. The availability. It is or is it like it has everything in there?
1: It it does, it's very it. Nice. and and that's really how you get to a really good place. Like if you look up movement, the amount of knowledge graphs associated with that brand is bonkers, and that's because they've been around for a long time. They're and they've done a good job, and they got acquired by Movado.
0: Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. Years ago. Good for them. I know, right? I was like, hell yeah, boys. I will link to movementmvmt.com in yes. the, the show notes. Um, so the last time you were on the show, we talked about supply chain. And that was in Q4, in which we were uh, basically running around with our hair on fire yes. as there were uh, over 100 ships at the port of Long Beach mm-hmm. in outside LA. Was not a pretty situation. How are things now? It's better on the state side, the U.S. side. The su- global supply chain
1: is not in a great place. Um, China is still pursuing near COVID zero policies. Shanghai is basically shut down. They just shut down another city. Like, I think yesterday or the day before, there's a ton of boats uh, outside, of, outside of Shanghai right now, outside like in ready, but they can't do anything, right? They can't go into the city and they can't take anything in the city and all of the factories are shut down. So part of me is like, okay, it's really good that we don't have as many people or as many boats coming into the, or or it doesn't appear on the outside looking in that there's a huge weight. But is that because all this stuff hasn't come yet? Like I'm not actually sure where the problem is here, and I think it's there, right? And that's the whole part of a supply chain is that it's a chain, so we still have weak links, and we're going to see. And, and then of course, right, Russia controls the Black Sea, so that's just shutting down that entire port area. So and they and they are now holding Matty Pole. Um, as of as of fairly recently so if you look at it geographically like the states is in a pretty good place europe is not in a good place and it, it will get pretty gnarly again like i don't see supply chain right-siding for years if ever
0: it's in it is a unique <laughs> economy we're living through where it is it's supply strain constrained in a way we've not seen. I don't know that we've ever seen anything quite like this before.
1: We have never seen anything like this before. Look, going into holiday last year, we had already seen demand up in a way we have never seen demand up before. So that inherently puts a strain on supply chain. Um, and it hasn't gotten much better. Even though consumer spending is down, it's not down that far. People are just being a little bit more price conscious, a little bit more conscious. They're still buying. People love to buy things because it makes them feel good. That's why people it does. shop. It
0: makes that <laughs> trips that uh, that trigger in our brain. Retail therapy.
1: Yeah, it it, it does. And I don't know why more people don't think about this. so. In the short term, is supply chain better than it was in holiday? Kind of. It's just broken in a different way. That's my theory. I hope I'm wrong. I don't think I am. <laughs>
0: That's what that is. It, it, yeah. I mean, there's the weight uh, outside the port here is dropped by about a third. Yes. From where it peaked um, or by two thirds. I'm sorry. It's a third of what it was. Right. But we we still have larger issues, global issues. Uh, it's also because we've not seen anything quite like it before. It makes it a really, if you're an economist, it makes it a tough thing to predict where you're really working in theory versus things, historical evidence.
1: Yes, there's no historical precedent for any of this. And, right, and we're also going to see probably um, some food supply challenges because a lot of grains were produced in Ukraine and they've all been, you know, bombed to the ground.
0: That's that's the thing that that spooks me most.
1: It should. I <laughs> This is how you know it. in grad school I studied like the I actually one of my big papers in grad school was about Russia's invasion and wars in Chechnya and watching how they're approaching Ukraine it's it's awfully reminiscent of the Chechen invasion. Um so I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be a doomsday, because I can get really doom and gloom about this, and people are like, Rian, you were telling us nothing good. I was like, it's a war, there is nothing good.
0: How can you increase your Shopify sales by 10 to 15% overnight? Well, you could make a deal with the devil. Can you believe it? All I had to do was give him my soul. (laughs) Or, you could just use Zipify One Click Upsell. Created by the owner of a $100 million e commerce store entrusted by over 8,200 Shopify merchants, One Click Upsell helps you boost your average order value with targeted upsells and cross sells. Plus, it's got mobile optimized offer pages that drive sky high conversions and built in split testing for maximizing your results. It's no wonder One Click Upsell has made its users an extra $162 million in sales. And it only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To start your free 30-day trial, go to Zipify.com slash Kurt, that's zipif dot slash K-U-R-T. And to give an unadvertised bonus, email help at Zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. What we can look at is business performance historically during bear markets or recessions, and we know the businesses that spend through it, the ones that can keep showing up, recover the fastest. So if you say, ah, oh, I'm going to put things on hold till things get better, it really just sets you behind. Versus if you can make hay while the sun shines and just keep showing up, uh, life ends up being easier for you overall. Yeah. That's really simplifying things, but... <laughs> That's, you know, my strategy has never had to be particularly more than that at its most basic.
1: Yeah, I, that, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. So, yeah, that's my, that's my overall theory with supply chain. To be, to be determined, um, let, let's try to get through Q2 and see what happens.
0: The direct impact of a supply chain shortage, if I'm a uh, e-commerce seller, is where's my stuff? How am I going to sell inventory? Yes. Right. We have one client who's got uh, the their their premier hero product. They can't keep it in stock, and so that doesn't like immediately that really capture revenue when yes. you just can't ship the thing that is normally your bestseller. So, in those situations, what do you do when you are when you have sold out or you are consistently selling out of product?
1: So I recommend. So Gavalo has this feature that it's when something's out of stock, send a gift card instead and then and we and i we've done this with some of our merchants what the merchant then does we have a clavio integration they segment that specific group out
0: to serve that specific group the new drop first so i all right on the product page my yes. black t-shirt I, we both really need this black t-shirt we really and really has gone <laughs> it is it's out of stock and automatically that uh, this is your app, Cavallo, that I've also invested in. Let's be clear. Yeah, yep, uh, yeah. The product form. There's my my disclosure. The product form when it's out of stock, is of just saying like sold out, see, you get lost. It says send a gift card instead.
1: Yes. Or send as a gift card, or send a. You can you can frame it however you want because there's total language control in the app, so you can whatever your brand voice is that will convey the. Or you could even say. Like you could say, you know, but like you can buy it ahead of time almost with this gift card. If you segment
0: properly. And if I do this, so it offers to let me purchase, prepay with a gift card or send a gift card as a way of sending this as a gift to someone. Yes. With the Klaviyo integration, this creates a segment of people who have done that. What do I do next?
1: Well, then when you get the product back... What I would recommend doing is emailing that very keen group of people and saying, hey, remember that gift card? You want to buy it? Also, here's some things that we're going to upsell to you because most people spend on average, we would $75 more in their AOV. So I would probably upsell at that moment because people, because oftentimes you forget about your gift card or about a gift. You're like, what? Oh, yeah, shit, I did that. Uh, so remind them and then they're like, oh, yeah, free money, even though they spent it already. Or it's a gift so they didn't spend it. And then they come back and they spend more money.
0: I remember reading in the Wall Street Journal years ago that that's why retailers like Best Buy loved gift cards because they knew nearly every gift card gets redeemed for more than the face value of the gift card.
1: Yes. I get asked all the time because technically a gift card is a liability until it's not. And people are like, well, why – well, why don't people just want it to stay on the books for cash? I'm like, because wouldn't you want the extra $75 or $100, depending on your price point? So then you sell Yeah, double? I think
0: you, the trick here is to think in terms of customer lifetime value. Yes. And what you're saying is, if I can sell gift cards, I am increasing customer lifetime value because they're going to spend more. Absolutely. And it gives them, all right, so I show up the products out of stock. If with the gift card I'm prepaying for it, so now I've guaranteed them to get that item later, you're going to get, you've guaranteed the sale and you have the cash as the merchant. Yes. And then when the item does come back in stock, now the person is going to redeem it and then ideally plus some other accessory or item that goes with it as a a cross sell. Absolutely. Okay. I like this strategy much better than this is sold out, go away.
1: Well, that is just so ridiculous. Because then it's a dead end. It just kills your conversion. Like, why bother?
0: You've, yeah, you've guaranteed <laughs> no sale with the, the sold out product.
1: Exactly. And it's it's also, you know, can you make other recommendations there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is also an SEO challenge. If, if Google finds a dead end on your site, they're like, w- why?
0: Why is like it broken?
1: That. They think it's broken.
0: Make it not broke. So what do I do if, there, if it's an item that... I know is never, I'm never going to restock this item for whatever reason. Do I leave it? Do I take it down? Or do I put, like, do I link to, hey, we're never going to sell this again. That's okay. Here's a different similar product.
1: I would link it to a collection that sells very similar products. Or you could uh, even graveyard Should I do stuff. a redirect? You should definitely do a redirect.
0: Okay. I like this plan. Yes. So I'd never come in back in stock, unpublish it, then redirect that URL to a parent collection with similar things. Uh, oh, that, that is our, that's my running out of time klaxon that's oh, going off okay. there. Let me, let me clear that. So, all right, we've, we're coming to the end of our time together here. Give me a, a takeaway. What do you wish every Shopify store owner would do to help themselves?
1: I want them to do two things. One, focus on your SEO now before Chrome's cookies go away forever, before we're truly in zero-party data. Right now, we're not quite there. Do it now, do it now, do it now. Second is, I wish more people would look at the opportunities around gift cards and gifting in terms of how they sell and how they position their products. If you're in a highly giftable category, optimize for that for search, but then also make sure that, I, I, your product is easily giftable
0: you have to focus on my seo now because it's going to pay dividends later and help people buy your product more often by making it easily giftable and then i think uh, a thing that achieves both of those goals is sell your stuff man write product descriptions <laughs> and copy that help sell your stuff sell your stuff ryan where, where can we go to learn more about you
1: uh, you can go to my website, com. I'm on Twitter sometimes, Rian, at Rianne Katie. I'm on LinkedIn, which I hate. And uh, I'm generally all over the... I'm pretty easy to find, to be honest.
0: It's true. It's- I mean, even you don't even have to Google her last name. Her last name's SEO now. Just go Rianne SEO. <laughs> I will link to uh, everything you've mentioned in the show notes. Rian, thank you so much. Thank you. Starting a business online has never been easier, but growing an e-commerce business is another story. With Privy, it's never been easier to grow your email and SMS lists, automate your email marketing, send on-brand newsletters and texts, and even send abandoned cart text messages, all in one app, which means no more toggling back and forth, no more managing contacts across apps. Just a powerful connection between Privy's email, conversion, and SMS tools that lets you manage the entire customer experience all in one place. Plus, you can try Privy out for free today. Just head over to privy.com slash unofficial Shopify and you can sign up for your free 15-day trial. That's privy.com slash unofficial Shopify.